Welcome. You're listening to the Golf Under Par podcast. As the title suggests, on the GUP, we talk about all things relating to golf performance, so you can golf under par. While listening, you'll hear discussion on all facets of golf, physical, mental, and whatever else will make you a better golfer. I'm your host, Dr. Jeremy McCullough. I'm a golfer myself, as well as a physical therapist and strength coach. Let's take this journey together to golf under par. Thank you for listening. Now let's dive in. Welcome, guys, to Golf Under Par Podcast. I want to thank Blaine Seats, Sites. I messed it up already. Blaine Sites, all right, uh, for coming on for us today. So Blaine is a PGA professional, okay? He is also a mobility wad certified, so he's got a, skills in, in getting you moving better, but he's also got the knowledge of the swing and everything that goes along with golf. So that's awesome resource for us here to, to have a conversation today. He's also got the Mobilities, Mobilitas Golf and as well as a Mobilitas Movers Facebook group. So if you guys are interested in following along with, with him and what he's doing after this, um, and he can give us more information on that later in the, in, the, in the episode here. But Blaine, thank you for coming on, man. No, Jeremy, thank you so much for having me on here. I've been watching some of your other interviews and I love kind of what you're doing and how you're diving into everybody's expertise and really helping those people at home that are watching or listening. And I think, especially with what's going on in the world right now with the coronavirus, it's a really important time for us to to all come together and be able to share our wealth and knowledge and really help everybody out with accomplishing whatever it is they're trying to do. Yeah, yeah, well, it's exactly what we're looking for. to make things, you know, really get, get a central resource where we can all kind of build upon it and and all get better because we all know that there's so many pieces of the puzzle to to golf and and you're never going to master any of them <laughs> so i guess find somebody that is is a master of that area and, and learn from them right okay well let's get started here first question is how did you get into golf you know, it's it's kind of one of those things that's always been in my life. My dad got me started when I was four years old, and I really just took to the game, and it was something that was always there. I played a lot of sports growing up and, and dabbled in things like cross-country and soccer and swimming and lacrosse and just a little bit of everything, but golf was kind of always there. And it was around, I think I was 13 years old, uh, my dad started a work league, And they allowed me to come in and play and that kind of just really got the juices flowing. And I was like, you know, I'm, I'm doing pretty well. I'm able to to play and keep up with these adults. I'd like to see if I can get better. And then when I was 15 years old, I started working with a, uh, an instructor that was just a brilliant guy, Derek Cooper. He's now down in Texas, Southern Texas, great guy. And he was the one that really showed me that you can turn golf instruction and teaching the game into a career and that sparked me to go enroll into the pgm program at coastal carolina university in myrtle beach which is an amazing place to go to school because of all the golf courses that are around and it was on that journey i was doing one of my internships for the pga and uh, was working with one of the assistant pros who had just recently gotten to CrossFit. And when he and I would work together, we would talk about fitness and we would talk about mobility and we would talk about golf. And he was the one that first taught me how to stretch out my hip flexors to help out with my back pain. And it's kind of like this aha light bulb moment where I was kind of led in onto this idea that 
your body, your swing, your health, your fitness, it's all connected. And that, that sent me diving down this rabbit hole into learning more about it. And so I got my, my mobility wad certification to become a mobility specialist. I became a class A PGA pro. I was certified as a CrossFit instructor. Uh, and then for about five years while working as a teaching pro, I was also coaching some really high level CrossFit games athletes and building mobility programs at their facilities and running mobility sessions. And that's when I would invite my golfers to come into the mobility classes that they would leave and be like, holy smokes, Blaine, I don't know what you did, but for that whole next week, I was hitting the ball farther and my shoulder pain was gone. My back pain was gone. All these things started to happen. And so that kind of led me into learning more about that, that connection between the body and the swing. And that's where I found TPI, the Titles Performance Institute. Uh, became level one and level two fitness certified in that regard, and then started my own business, Mobilitas Golf, which is kind of taking that whole decade of, of knowledge and putting it together so that I can help golfers, what I call uh, improve their game from the inside out, taking a holistic approach, looking at their their mindset, their wellness, mobility, fitness, and then the overall performance of the game. Oh, yeah, that's quite the journey there. Um... That's pretty awesome. I mean, as a physical therapist, I think it's great that you have that that side of, you know, how important each piece, each component can be into affecting that golf swing. And, you know, you hear the hear those stories of, oh, man, I don't know what you did, but I played best golf in a, in a long time. It's like hmm? it shows you those components all working together to, to improve your swing and how big of an effect they can potentially have on your swing. So that's pretty cool. So you kind of you kind of touched on this a little bit, but I'd be curious a little bit. How does that that mobility wide certification had changed your instruction from a, like a PGA professional standpoint? Yeah, it's that's a really good question, and it's just absolutely huge. And I've been following Kelly Starrett and what he's doing with mobility wide now, the Ready State and his his gym, uh, San Francisco CrossFit since 2011. So going on about a decade now, and I was always really drawn to the way that he would explain how the body moved and how you could resolve some of those issues. And he did it in a very approachable way where you didn't have to have a background in the medical profession to know what he was talking about. And you could really follow along and, and apply some of the practices to yourself. And that's what I started to do. And that's where when I learned how to stretch out my hip flexors, it was because of some of the things that I learned from Starrett and Mobility Wad. And so, you know, it was interesting because I would see improvements in my own game and I was really applying it mostly into the fitness world for the first while because that's what he did. And it wasn't until I had my golfers come in that I thought, you know, it was this aha moment where it, it makes total sense now looking back on it, but it was like, oh my God, mobility isn't just fitness. Like it's everything, right? And so what I found was really interesting is the principles behind getting somebody to improve their clean and jerk or their snatch or their pull-up form are the exact same things that can help you get into a better backswing position or get through into impact and really opening up those rotary channels. And that was just really fascinating. And I think part of my background of, of, of teaching the Olympic lifts and working with CrossFitters and, and mainly just helping them improve their mobility and working with golf and everything like this, 
um, I'm very fortunate to have an eye where I can catch movement patterns very easily and just see what's going on with somebody. And so like right now, um, I have a lot of people that will send me videos of their swing and we do analysis on it of what's really going on and being able to dive under the hood of, well, this is what's happening, but we need to understand why it's happening and then start to develop that kind of a program of, well, if that's the root cause that's that's causing these problems, these are the things that we need to do to resolve it, whether it's improving your hip rotation or glute activation or thoracic rotation and, and, and everything around that route. So, you know, I'm eternally grateful for Dr. Starrett for kind of just opening my eyes into that world and doing so in a way that was really approachable. So uh, he's always been kind of a, an inspiration for how I try to develop content. I found myself, I didn't even realize this to a little bit ago, but I tend to start every video with, Hey everybody. And then, you know, <laughs> I look back on it. I was like out of the hundreds of hours of, of Kelly Starrett videos, that's how he starts every, and it just, I think it's stuck. And I've, I've always just loved that way that he he's able to translate that information. Yeah, he's he's amazing at his ability to simplify a lot of that information for anybody to digest, no matter what your background is, like you were saying. Um, great resource and and mobility and obviously the CrossFit world. You know, he's he's got applicate his stuff applies to anything and everything, but obviously really huge in the CrossFit world. But very cool, very cool. Um, so you kind of you kind of talked a little bit about the Mobilitas method here uh, early on and just kind of how you kind of got into it and, and developed it. But I guess, can you describe a little bit for the listeners on what specifically is it? Yeah, absolutely. So to give a little context, I, I call it the Mobilitas method because Mobilitas is Latin for mobility. And I'm a big believer of mobility in the true sense of the word, which is the freedom of movement, the uh, ability to change agility and quickness. You know, we look at mobility now and it's, it's a little bit of a different meaning. I think we've lost it, but the true sense of the word is, you know, if we look way back in human history, it's you woke up in the morning and you were able to do and perform and be ready at all moments. You have the skills and the physical abilities to climb trees and throw rocks and pull things and hunt things and run and jump and climb and swing and pull and punch and, and everything that goes into being a movement. That's, in my opinion, what mobility truly is. And it's one of the reasons, like when I'm on a stage doing a speaking presentation, I like to do them barefoot to really remind all of us that we are movers. And my group, the Mobilitas Movers, helps kind of embody that idea that we're always moving the needle forward to improve ourselves along the way. But with that context in mind, the Mobilitas method is based on this idea that most golfers want to hit the ball farther, swing more consistently, and score lower. And that, I believe, is just the tip of the pyramid or the tip of the iceberg, if you will. And if we look a little bit deeper, there's other components that are necessary to be able to swing faster and score lower and be more consistent. Otherwise, we're going to compensate along the way. And some of those things are building rotary strength and motor control patterns. And more importantly, having the, uh, the freedom and flexibility and mobility of the body to get into certain positions. And then this whole pyramid, if you will, 
sits on a foundation of wellness based around nutrition, hydration, and sleep, and then is living in this world of mindset and the idea that you can have the best training program in the world, but if you don't believe in the mission that you're on and where you're going to and the goals that you want to accomplish, it's not sustainable. And we see this pattern all the time every year. New Year's resolutions come around. We get that gym membership. We go for two, three, four for really good, like seven or eight weeks. And it dies off because we believe at some level that just going to the gym and showing up each day is going to get us those results. When what really happens is shifting that mindset into that belief of I'm the kind of person who does this. And they're the ones that show up even when it's difficult and they don't want to. And it's in those moments that ingrain who you are. And it's that ability to make that shift of saying, look, it's not what I've done in the past or what I currently do. It's how do I make a decision in the current moment that's in alignment with the person I'm trying to become? What kind of things would they do? If I can't break 100 and I want to be a scratch golfer, what are the habits and routines and everything and the training that we see with scratch golfers or tour players? And we have to believe that we can do that and start taking those actions along the way. And so the Mobilitas method is just the journey that we go on to get there. We have the mindset of I can do it. I'm strong. I can show up each day even when I don't want to. I'm going to take care of my body and my mind. I'm going to eat well. I'm going to hydrate my body. I'm going to recover like it's my job. I'm going to have a good mobility practice, do rotary strength components, and then go out and play and, and put that performance into the course. And it's just every time we go on to that journey, every moment, every day, that's just who we are. And so the people who can really buy into that system and fall along with the process they're the ones that see the biggest results and they're the ones that are going out and winning their club championships. They're the ones shooting their personal best. And they're the ones that also understand that not every day is perfect. And that even if they go out and they have a terrible round and it's really frustrating, they are able to find that opportunity to learn from, to keep moving forward. Yeah. No, I think, I think it's a huge thing and the confidence, right. And that, you know, you talk, you hear some of these top players, whether it's whatever sport, you know, I think, um, I grew up playing a lot of basketball, and so basketball is always one of the things I think of. And you, you, that first shot you see go in, and it works in golf too. That first, you know, great shot, you're like, "Yes, I've got it. I'm on it today, right?" And and the rest of the day, it just kind of goes nicely and whatnot there. So um, I completely agree. I think I know the answer to this next question because you kind of were already hinting at it, but you know, you're discussing how you help the golfers from the inside out. So where do you start? with the end and so i'm a big believer that you can't start your journey until you know where you're going right and one of my favorite books is lewis carroll's alice in wonderland and there's that famous scene where alice meets the cheshire cat and she asks she comes to a fork in the road and she asks the cheshire cat which path she should take and the Cheshire Cat asks, well, it depends on where you're going. And Alice says, well, I really don't care. And he says, then it doesn't matter which path you take. And I think that's so true. However, when we know very clearly where we're going, all the other decisions make sense. And I think that's really important for people listening or watching to understand is that once you're locked on to something, everything else makes sense. And there's a, an old famous quote that says obstacles are the things that we see when we take our eye off the goal and so if we're not sure what tomorrow is going to bring and we're faced with all these decisions in the moment it's really difficult, overwhelming 
to fit it all into our day. And so to find the time to go to the gym, to find the time to get the good food and, and meal prep, to find the time to do whatever it is you need to, to take care of yourself, whether it's mobility or your fitness, it's going to be a struggle and you're fighting against yourself. However, when you're locked onto that thing that you're truly passionate about and you're ready to go on that journey, it's simple because you've changed that mindset again at the, at the beginning of it. Uh, this is where I'm going. The kinds of people who get to that point do these things. And now the decision is already made for you. So I like to say that when performance is your end goal, it begins with that mindset. And at the core of it all, is mobility supported by wellness and fitness. And it's that idea that when you get your body moving, you build momentum and you build belief and confidence that supports the rest of the system. When you move your body around, if anybody watching, let's just use an example, because I think it applies to a lot of people. Let's just say you do yoga. Yoga is a great practice. Uh, it's not for everybody, but those who do yoga, Wow, I feel so good. I, I feel like I have endorphins in my body. I feel confident. I feel loose. I'm going to go eat something healthy. And now I'm going to go for a run tomorrow morning. And it is, I don't think it's a coincidence that the neurological and the physical are tied together. And so sometimes when you're in a rut, all you have to do is just move around. That's where the mobility and the mobilitas comes from. So with performance at the end, it begins with mindset. And at the core of it all is mobility supported by wellness and fitness. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I mean, you have that end, end goal in mind, you know that all the decisions are going to be easy because, okay, does this get me to where I want to be or not? And then, yes, I do it. If it doesn't, no, I don't do it, right? Um, I think it's learning to to understand that it's okay to say no to things, right? You know, in, in life, there's opportunities here and there. We can, oh, do I want to go to college? Do I want to do this? Do I want to do this? Do I want to do this, right? There's so many opportunities. At some point, you're like, okay, what do I want, though, in life, right? You know, yeah. and and if we don't know that, then you know we end up doing you know putt putt courses trying to improve our putting game. Maybe that's not the best option. <laughs> right, hundred percent. You make such a good point that you know I'm sure a lot of people watching or listening can resonate with this. Where there are some days where you feel like you're on top of it and everything's automatic and you get into a flow and and everything just feels easy. And there are other days where every little thing is a struggle and it's hard and you just feel like you're always one step behind. And I, I feel like a lot of that comes down to preparation and kind of that guidance of where they're trying to go. And I think we can all learn from that where this idea of proactive versus reactive, and we all want as best we can to be proactive and have some sort of a plan in place. And the idea is that plan will change. And I like to use the analogy of you know, if we were to hop on a plane and, and, and fly over to, say, London, for example, we could take a direct flight. But what if something comes up and we have to get put over in Paris and then have a layover and then we have to actually take a boat across the English? Like, so the idea is you will get there. But it might not be what it you thought it would look like. But because you have that goal in mind of I'm going to go spend a holiday in London, you'll get there. And it's really important to know that that's where you're going so that when you do veer off course, you're not just like overwhelmed. Like, oh, my God, what am I doing in Paris? Like, you know where you're going. You will find out a way. But if we don't know, then it's just like overwhelming and every day becomes really hard and really stressful. And 
when things become hard and stressful, we typically go for what's convenient. And what's convenient isn't always good for us. And I think it's really important that we set those habits and routines in place so that we can fall back on it when things do get hard. Yeah, no, I love that analogy. You know, if you if you know where you're wanting to go, you're going to get there. Lots of different ways to get there, though. So very cool. Uh, so we're, we're talking about being efficient with our time and whatnot. So what what are some tips that that you might give or that you give us so we can improve the efficiency of our next training session? A hundred percent. I think the most powerful tool that we all have is our morning routine. What we do in the first hour of our day sets the tone for the rest of the day. Now here's where the kicker comes in. The best morning routine starts with a good evening routine. And what I mean by that is one of the simplest things that we can all do starting tonight is before we go to bed, write out what we're going to do tomorrow. Because it's much easier at the end of the day while you're still in it, while you're still awake, while you're still in that momentum to write out your day for the next day, for the week, for the month, whatever you can that makes sense. And so when you go to bed, this little voice in the back of your head trying to remember all those things that you still need to do, it's turned off. You don't have to lay awake and be like, oh, did I remember to do that thing? Oh, I got to do that tomorrow. And oh, did I do this? And oh my God, I forgot about that. No, it's already written out. So one, you're going to sleep better. You're going to get a much deeper recovery. And then when you wake up, because those things aren't on your mind, you can use that fresh awakened state to practice some other things. And I like a morning meditation or breathing session followed by maybe some light walking. I have a dog, so I'll walk my dog and maybe do a journal session. And so I find that, at least for me, it's typically wake up and drink a glass of water, go through a breathing practice, go through my power warm-up routine, which is a little mobility exercise that I have all my clients and students do first thing when they wake up, same thing. And then I'll go for a walk because my body is loose and it's active. And this whole time, I'm getting clarity on my thoughts and I'm really putting the day into perspective and I'm becoming proactive. And then I'll go ahead and I'll journal it out. I'll write down some notes. What were some things that I thought about when I was walking or when I was doing my breathing practice? And by the time that I'm done with that, I'm really ready to take on the day. Some days I can do some morning exercise. Some days it's, let's just go spend time with the family. Some days it's, I'm going to get some work in, but I have it all written out and planned out ahead of time so that I know what to happen and what to expect. Otherwise life just gets really overwhelming. So I think in a nutshell, that's the structure that at least I teach in my programs is we need to get ready for the next day ahead of time. At least a day in advance, a week in advance would be great. If you have things on your calendar a month out or a quarter out, go ahead. I mean, there's a lot of people watching. I know your group is all about golf fitness tips for the busy parent. I mean, being a parent takes away that free time that you didn't know you didn't have. Right? When you have when you have young kids, you're like you write everything out and you're like, ah, this is what I'm gonna do this and that's what I'm gonna do that. No. <laughs> right. But you can do your best. You can at least give yourself that framework. And then some things around throughout the day as you need to, because it's not always going to be that perfect structure, but at least you have it on your radar and you know what your non-negotiables are. I have to do my breath work. I have to drink my water. I have to do my mobility work. I have to get a workout in. I have to do this. And 
let me rephrase it real quick because as I'm catching myself, because I think the language we use is really important. I don't want to say these are the things that I have to do. These are the things that I get to do today. And that's a big shift. And I think when people get away from, I still have to do this, I still have to do that, and shift it into, oh, man, I'm so happy I get to do these things. I get to wake up each morning before the kids do and 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 do my mobility work and my stretching and go through a breath work practice. I get to have my time in the morning so that by the time the kids wake up, by the time that chaos hits, you've done what you need to do to take care of yourself. And then everything else becomes easier throughout the day. Now, how you fill in those blanks, what the specifics of your mobility routine are, what the specifics of your fitness routine are, what the specifics of your training for golf and your drills and playing time, that's going to differ depending on the coaches that you work with or the people that you surround yourself with. But the fact is they need to be there. And we look at the best players in the world, and they've been doing this for decades now. And that's why they have swing coaches, mental coaches, physical therapists, personal trainers, nutritionists. They have everything in place laid out for them because their lives are so overwhelmed that they just need that reminding and that good education and accountability of what they need to do. And we see all the time at the highest level, they work with a certain swing coach, for example, and things are great. And then as things change and it doesn't suit their game, they go for somebody else and maybe they switch that person. But the person is there. The physical therapist is there. The mobility coach, the fitness coach, they're there. These teams are in place to support the goals and the needs of the individual. And when we as the individual know what our needs are because we have that goal in mind, we can make better decisions on who we need to work with. And so, for example, I have a client of mine, I'm not going to name any names, but they were working with a coach for a while that just wasn't serving their needs. And the farther they got into their playing career, the more they realized, I need somebody who can do not just that, but also these things. And so that's when we started working together is they reached out and, and said, look, I've been following your stuff for a while. I like what you talk about. I don't think my other coach is serving me anymore. I'd like to work with you. And since having that conversation and working together for the last couple of months now, they've seen some massive breakthroughs in their game. They're winning local tournaments. They're, they're getting more confident with their process, not because anything is really different other than they know how to support their own goals. And so it all comes back to what we were talking about a minute ago. They know where they want to get to. And that helps them make the supporting decisions that get them there. And then for everybody watching, it's not going to be perfect the first time. If you've never worked with a coach before, if you've never worked with a PT or a trainer or anything like that, the first one might not be the one that you want. But you start that process anyway because you'll learn as you go and you learn what you need. And you say, oh, man, I worked with this one person and they were great. They got me to this level. I learned a lot. But you know what? Jeremy's doing a better job for me because he fills in those little gaps that other people won't because he's good with attention to detail or whatever it is, right? Yeah. And so the, the excuse of I need to wait until I'm ready to be ready doesn't make sense. That's that's not what you have to dive in before you're ready 
Otherwise, why are you working with somebody, right? That's you'll the never whole, be ready. You'll never be ready, right? Yeah. And especially with like your group of being, talking to people who are busy parents, how many busy parents watching or listening were really ready, right? Maybe you planned out, all right, we're going to have a kid and this is the plan and everything. And then the kid comes and you're like, okay, playing out the window, right? <laughs> you're not ready. And so take that leap of faith know where you want to go and then find people who can help you get there and save you time because saving time will save you energy and money and just get you to where you need to faster. And that's what the investment side is really worth is if it's something you want bad enough, put the money into it because investing in yourself is the greatest opportunity that you can present to yourself more than anything else. And yes, there's some times where you can just scour YouTube for hours on end and figure some things out and go through the trial and error. But really, what if you could take those weeks and months and years of just trying to figure it out on your own and just condense it down into somebody who knows exactly what needs to happen and then holds you accountable on the way? Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I always tell my friends right before they have kids, I'm like, you're going you're gonna to have your kid, you're, you're going to think you're ready, you have the kid, and you're like, oh, crap, I don't know anything. And then you get to that point where you're like, oh, I think I'm getting the hang of this routine. You know, the first few months, it's like every couple of days, like, oh, I'm starting to get used to this. Yeah, I'm getting, I'm getting the groove. And then you're like, wait, wait, this is new. What, what's going on now? And it's that all over and over and again. Until I tell my friends, it's trying to get back to that normal. And what is normal? It's just constantly Right. And so, but I agree. It's like that same time. You can't just wait until you're ready. <clears throat> Excuse me. You know, it's, it's a process. So you're never going to be ready. You're always going to see something else that's next, you know, and something else is always going to be on the horizon to, to work on or to get better at. So I love that. So we have a, a question from, from the group here. I'll show oh. it there. Uh, we got, where would you recommend that a person with physical limitations on their lower back begin the journey to better overall health and less back pain from golf? Uh, such a good question. And I'd say comfortably over half of the people that I work with have back pain currently or have had it in the past when it comes to golf. And I think the place to start is finding somebody who can perform some kind of an evaluation or a screen or an assessment to find out where that pain is really coming from. Because one of the things that happens, as, as you know from being a PT, is where we feel the pain isn't necessarily the root source of the pain. And what I mean by that is just because you feel it in your back doesn't mean it's a problem with your back. And so there's a lot of times where that symptom of back pain is a referred pain from having tight hips or having weak glutes or having your shoulders rounded forward for being at a desk all week. And you can't know for sure until you go through an evaluation to really understand what might be causing it. And, and that's where seeking out a professional who knows how to dive in and ask those questions can really help. Because a lot of time, like I said, back pain in particular is referred from somewhere else. And it's typically not one thing. It's a bunch of things that are added on. It's how you're sleeping at night. It's how you're sitting at the desk when you're working. It's how you're carrying your golf clubs if you carry them. Or, you know, maybe you're riding in the cart when you should be using a push cart because your posture is different. You know, there's no one thing. And by working with a professional and an expert who can dive into that, you can know for sure where to focus your efforts. And that I think is really important because there's a lot of really good coaches out there 
And if we talk about, say, the golf swing, if you're having problems with your swing, you're coming over top, slicing the ball, there are thousands of golf pros out there who can fix the slice. The question, though, that we should be asking is, why are you slicing it in the first place? Sometimes it's as simple as you need to reprogram your motor control, in which case getting proper drills to learn how to come inside out and turn the club over, that's going to be the fix. But there's many more times, at least in my own experience that I've, I've seen while working in this industry, is that the reason you have the bad motor pattern is because you have some kind of a mobility limitation. You can't get into the proper position first place and you have mobility limitations because of your lifestyle choices sometimes it's injury in which case that's a whole other can of worms in which case if it's a bad injury and it's not something simply fixed i'm calling up jeremy hey i, I need you to dive into this one because this is a serious medical issue that i don't want to touch because it's out of my realm but if it's simply sedentary problems that come out of based on lifestyle choices it's not an injury I'm all game. Let's find out why. Let's use the mobility techniques and fitness to reprogram the way that you're able to move. And what you find is not only is the back pain going to go away, but your scores are going to come down because you can swing more freely. You can control your swing. You can hit the ball farther and you can do everything else in life more easily because you're in control of your capabilities as a human. And I think that's really important. So to answer in a nutshell, that person's question is find out why you're getting the back pain in the first place. And you could see somebody that doesn't have a golf background, but there's a lot of, of, of people out there now, myself included, who have the background that crossover between the golf swing and the physical aspect in a really good coach is going to tell you the honest truth of yes, I can fix it and I can help. Well, I shouldn't say I can fix it. Yes, I can guide you through fixing it. Right. Because it's at the end of the day, that's what the coach does. We can't fix you. We can encourage you and inspire you and motivate you to fix yourself um, unless you're doing something that's physical and hands on like a PT. Um, but find that person and that really good person is going to tell you, look, I can help or I can't, and if I can't, here's what you should do. And that is, I think if any coaches are listening, really important that at the end of the day is to help the player accomplish what they need to. And it's not about this ego-driven movement that we've seen in the golf industry for decades. I will come out and say, because I'm a PGA pro, it's very common that PGA pros in particular get territorial over their students they don't want to refer them out because they don't want to lose them as a student. But I think this new wave coming up is saying, look, it's not about me. It's about you. And when you can help somebody at that level and just say, look, this is what you need. And I think a lot of people who are going to get swing instruction or who are working with a personal trainer or anything like that, even if they're not a medical doctor, they need the coach needs to look at it as if they are the expert, they are the doctor and prescribe what needs to happen. And if you're well versed enough, you say, look, this is what you need to do. I can help you or I can only do half of that. And we're seeing a big shift in the industry of, of working with teams because we understand that we can't do everything and that's okay. But what you can do as a coach, be the best at it that you can possibly be because that's your domain. Don't try to do it all. Do what you can do really well. And so I know I said 
that I would sum it up in a nutshell. And this is no longer a nutshell. I started going on and on and on. But I think I got I think I got the answer in there somewhere. Yeah. No, thank you. I think exactly on you're right. Um, you know, you talked about how it's not always the it's the victim that's gonna cry out. It's not necessarily the culprit. That was kind of the start out of that of that, you know, and and so you get into this and it the importance of having an assessment so we can really find out, okay, who is the culprit that is causing the victim to cry out? Okay. And Dr. Greg Gross talks about that all the time. Um, he's the TPI uh, main honcho there and at least on the medical side. All right. So, but the, I lost my train of thought. Anyways, so that was, that was definitely, you know, one of the big points that I, that I pointed out with that. And I agree with you, like, I'm biased, you know, as, as a physical therapist, I think everybody needs to assess because everybody has different limitations. And so it's very important to, to know which limitations that we commonly see in golf are your limitations or are not. You know, why, why sit there and mobilize your shoulder when your shoulder doesn't have any mobility restriction, okay? You are potentially creating excessive mobility and leading yourself to hypermobility and further other issues, right? So. If, if it's not a problem for you, then let's not worry about it. So the importance of that assessment is, is there, right? Um, so, all right, so wrapping up here, a couple, one question for you. So what is your favorite golf course or favorite golf memory? If you wanna share both, that's fine. Oh man, um, favorite golf course. Um, I'm going to go with Bandon Trails out at the Bandon Dunes Resort. Uh, that course is something really special. And I think it's the underdog of the whole facility out there. For anybody who hasn't been out to the property, I think it's hands down the best place to go play golf in the country. Uh, and every course is special in its own right, but there's something about trails that fits my eye. Uh, I love, you know, the, the first time I played it, there was something really special about being on this property that made me feel really small. There's massive fairways, massive greens. The trees are just incredibly big. You're just engulfed into this environment and you're just walking around in this theater of pristine beauty, hitting a ball around and then chasing it. And it's it's a really, really special place. It's very diverse where you start off in the sand dunes and then you go into the meadow and you cross over onto the mountain ridge and then you're back into the meadow and out of the sand dunes. It's a whole journey. There's a lot of variety. There's It's just a really special place. And so, uh, at least as far as favorite golf course, that's that's definitely going to be hands down. It. Um, as far as golf memory, there's a lot. I mean, I've been fortunate. I've been playing this game for like 25 years now. Um, I'll, I mean, anytime I'm able to play with, with family like my parents, that's always a good one. I mean, you're, you're catching me a little off guard with the question, but I'll, I'll, I'll put two out there in recent memory. One was doing a cross-country road trip from – uh, South Carolina out to Oregon and back to South Carolina with my dad. And we played the Bandon course. Um, and I think that's part of probably why Bandon uh, trails in particular has a, has a, a special place. Uh, and then recently my dad and I went down to Pinehurst uh, for just a little few days up there. And so that one comes to mind, but I mean, there's, there's so many, uh, I think in essence, if you have the right mindset going into a round of golf, they're all special moments. And I know the game can be frustrating, but it's just those moments where you're having a bad day and you can't seem to get anything working right. And then you hit that one just perfect shot and you're like, oh, 
this game, you know, it, it gives you those little brilliant glimpses of hope when you need it the most. And then when you're on top of the world, it just crushes you and humbles you. And it's everything in between. And it's being open to that experience. And it's being open to, you know, the game of life. And in coming out of it, just understanding that that's the game. You can only control so many things. You got to roll with the punches. It's a lot of luck involved in there as well because you could hit the perfect shot and the wind gets it. It takes a bad bounce, whatever it is, and you just you just deal with it. So, you know, anytime you're out there, you create a memory, you make new friends that you've never known before. You don't need to speak the same language as anybody to have a good time and be able to communicate through the game. It goes from when you're four to 104. I mean, there's just and if you're out there, it, it turns into something special. And if you don't let it turn into something special, then then we need to talk because there's something going on with that mindset component that you know you should be having fun. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Thank you. And all right, so who else do you feel like we should have on here that we can benefit from their knowledge? I'll throw out I'll throw out three names uh, to kind of cover the spectrum, if you will. Um, one of them I'll lead off with was my coach when I was in high school growing up. He kind of got me started into the game, and that's Derek Cooper. He's now in Southern Texas. Um, I'm going to blank out on where exactly. I want to say he's in Houston uh, down there, but Derek's awesome. He's from Australia. He's just the greatest guy, uh, wealth of knowledge on, uh, again, just being able to communicate the swing in a very easy to understand way. And I think one of the things that I really liked about working with him is he was never one that would tell you what he's trying to say. He would lead you into discovering it yourself and ask you questions like, well, what does that feel like? And what was that one like compared to the other one? And, and do so in a way where you figure out the answer rather than him telling it to you. And I think that's a brilliant distinction between a coach and an instructor. So. Uh, he's going to be one. Um, another one, while we're down in that that part of the world, uh, I'll throw out my buddy, uh, John Paul Guidry. Uh, he's down in Louisiana. He's another uh, PT golf performance coach, does a lot of fitness work. He does some online coaching as well as in-person coaching. Uh, great guy. And then uh, if we go up, we'll go up into the other corner of the country up in Boston. A uh, good buddy of mine, he's a top 50 golf fitness guy, Kevin Duffy. Uh, he just opened up his own facility up there. Uh, he's doing some online coaching right now with the COVID stuff going on, but Kevin is just a whirlwind of fun. He will get you fired up and he will give you a good kick in the butt. All right. Yeah, I need two of those. So I'll have to reach out for you uh, for, for some of the contact information there. But all right. Well, thank you so much for your time, Blaine. Uh, thank you for coming on. And But before we wrap up, please let us know how we can follow what you're doing and how you are helping golfers and support yeah. them. Um, well, one of the hubs is going to be my website, mobilitasgolf.com. That's M-O-B-I-L-I-T-A-S golf.com. Uh, from there, you can get links to join my Facebook group, the Mobilitas Movers. We recently crossed a thousand people, which I'm super excited about and you know, the community is growing and I encourage everybody in that community to always reach out with questions because it's, it's the movers that communicate and reach out and share that inspire the content that I make. And I'm a big believer that 
if I can solve an individual's problem, it's solving a bunch of people's problem. And I think that's why the group has really seen such a drastic growth. And for anybody that is curious on what it's like to work with me as a coach or to go through my programs, that's a really good way to get your foot in the door and to see if you like the things that I talk about. Because my coaching programs take all of that that I talk about in the movers group and then tailor to your specific needs. Uh, and so any of my programs are, are, are wide ranging in terms of what you can get, how long they are, and it all comes down to the individual. And so I like to make my programs the solution for your problem. And so like we were saying earlier, if you're struggling to break 100 and you want to come scratch, that's probably a longer journey than if it's just, hey, I have my club championship coming up in three months, I want to be able to perform at my peak level. Those are completely different sides of the spectrum, but we can tailor it as well. And I do almost all of my coaching online. So as long as you have uh, an internet connection, we can get together and stay in constant contact along the way. Uh, for anybody who's watching who has some pull at your club, I do travel around the country and do workshops and speaking engagements and things like that. So I'm always open to traveling as well and coming in and doing a full day workshop or clinic or something like that. Um, I do some of those already within the PGA organization and travel around and, and speak at the PGA shows and things like that. But um, I do go to clubs as well. So that is is another way to get in touch with me. Instagram, I'm at the Mobilitas Method. I also have a YouTube channel, the Mobilitas Method. Uh, those are my main platforms online or Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and then my website. Uh, email, mobilitasgolf at gmail.com. Thank you for that. So. That is it for this episode of the Golf Under Par podcast. We have, um, we've all really enjoyed the information that Blaine's kind of shared with us here today. I've got a lot of great tips. I have several notes that I wrote down. So hopefully you guys found this as helpful as well. And thank you, Blaine. And thank you all for listening. Have a great day. Thanks so much, Jeremy. Hey, guys. If you enjoyed this content, please give us a five-star rating on iTunes so that we can get this in front of more people. Thank you. Do you want to take your fitness to the next level? Join our Golf Fitness Tips Facebook group to learn more about how you can improve your fitness and improve your golf game by upping your potential through mobility, strengthening, and wellness tips. Again, our Facebook group is Golf Fitness Tips. We'll see you there. Have a good one.